This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. A'udhu billahi rajim Bismillahirrahmanirrahim High Excellence presents Jewels from the Holy Quran A series of lectures by Mufti Ismail Ibn Musa Mink Lecture 1, Jews 1 to 1 and quarter. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, creator, nourisher, cherisher, sustainer, provider, protector of one and all. Wa usalli wa usallim ala nabiyyina Muhammadin al-Amin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi al-tayyibin al-tahirin. Complete blessings and salutations be upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and all his companions and all those who have followed him, those who are following him and shall follow him up to the day of Qiyamah. Honored ulama, beloved brothers and sisters, dearest listeners, we have rolled into the month of Ramadan by the grace of Allah, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. We need to thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because upon sighting the moon, each one of us feels the barakah. We come into gear automatically, like an automatic motor vehicle. As soon as you stop it, it gets into first without anyone trying anything. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to comprehend the barakah we feel it, but at times we don't realize that we are moving through it and it is moving so quick that before we know it, it will be completed. We don't want to complete the month of Ramadan without softening our hearts, without earning the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, without standing in Salatul Taraweeh for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commences the Quran with Surah Al-Fatiha. This Quran has been revealed to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a different order. But... It was in the Lawhim Mahfud and the preserved tablet in a specific order and that is the order that we have today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts off with the most beautiful verses one can ever dream of. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen All praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We praise Him on every condition. He is the creator. He is the one who made us. He is the one who made everything around us. We praise Him, we thank Him. When goodness comes to us, we thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When something we regard as evil befalls us, we seek the protection of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the phrase, Alhamdulillahi ala kulli hal. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us complete and total protection at all times. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about His mercy. Ar-Rahmanir-Rahim Most beneficent. Most forgiving, most merciful. Because myself and yourselves, we need to understand the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is what will bring us even closer and closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We all know that this iman, al-imanu bayn al-khawfi wal-raja. Iman is a balance between the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wallahi, I guarantee you that this is the month of mercy. Let us all turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and seek His forgiveness. For indeed, He is forgiving wholesale in the month of Ramadan. 
A loser is the one who has passed the month of Ramadan and has not been forgiven. Woe be upon the one who has witnessed the month of Ramadan and he has not been forgiven. It is as though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying, Look, I am ready to forgive everybody. But it is us who sometimes don't want that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us in this month of Ramadan a turning point. Every one of us needs to make an intention tonight that this Ramadan will be a Ramadan with a difference. A Ramadan whereby we will make sure that we struggle to earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says regarding the book in the next surah, in Surah Al-Baqarah, and obviously I'm not going through every single verse because we don't have the time to do that. I have just selected certain verses. Obviously, it is very difficult to select verses because every single verse is of great importance. But here we have Surah Al-Fatiha, the opening surah. I've mentioned the fact of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In fact, one very interesting point before I go to Surah Al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to us in a hadith known as Hadith Qudsi. Where Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, Qalallahu tabaraka wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Qasamtu salata bayni wa bayna abdi nisfayn. I have split Surah Al-Fatiha between myself and my worshipper into two halves. So when the worshipper says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, all praise is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Lord of the worlds, I say, meaning I respond to him, my worshipper has praised me. So every time we say, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, we should know that that Rabbul Alameen is responding that. He loves it when we say that. We should increase that particular statement and all these statements of the adhkar and the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then if a worshipper says, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, my worshipper has glorified me. And when he says, Maliki Yawmiddin, he says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala responds, My worshipper has exalted me. And then when he says, You alone we worship, you alone we seek help from. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, That is between me and my worshipper, and for my worshipper is whatever he asks thereafter. The first dua we make in the Qur'an, اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Guide us to the straight path. May Allah soften our hearts. And may Allah make us all on the straight path. And may He keep us on that straight path. Then let me move on to Surah Al-Baqarah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the opening verses of Surah Al-Baqarah speaks of the authenticity of this Qur'an. Why? Because as soon as you open that Qur'an, the first thing one needs to be convinced about is the authenticity of that book. When you open the previous scriptures that we find today, automatically we find differences and discrepancies in the scriptures. So, the authenticity is questioned and that automatically drops the value of the book. When it comes to the Qur'an, Allah says, There is no doubt in that book. No doubt there is guidance in it for those who believe. Let us be from amongst those who believe. And let us not just pay lip service to that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes several categories of people. The first are those who believe. As he says, if you believe in Allah, then the Qur'an will be a form of guidance for you. But if you do not believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Qur'an will not even touch your hearts. Allah speaks in the same surah, 
ثم قست قلوبكم من بعد ذلك فهي كالحجارة أو أشد قسوة. Allah speaks of some of the hearts. And He says some of the hearts become so solid that they become hard. They don't tremble and tremor with the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No matter what you utter to certain hearts, it doesn't tickle the hearts because those hearts have become hard. Allah says they are harder than rock. Some rocks, they will explode. And some rocks, you will find that water will gush out of them. But some of the hearts are even harder than that. May Allah soften our hearts. Every single one of us needs to ask himself or herself the question, am I from amongst those whose hearts have been hardened? Because if our hearts have been hardened, then we are wasting our time reading the Qur'an. We are wasting our time when Allah tells us something and we deny it or we don't want it or we don't like it. Then obviously we need to first deal with our own iman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the mu'mineen and He says those are the ones who will achieve goodness and guidance from the Qur'an. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the kuffar. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا سَوَاءٌ عَلَيْهِمْ أَأَنذَرْتَهُمْ أَمْ لَمْ تُنذِرْهُمْ لَا يُؤْمِنُونَ The kuffar are those whom, whether you warn them or you don't warn them, it's all the same for them. May Allah not make us that. Who are the kuffar? Two types of kuffar. One are disbelievers. From amongst those who do not even claim to be mu'mineen and muslimin and submitters and believers. And the other, those who might be believers, but they are so ungrateful. A person who has no form of gratitude in him for his own creator is also known as a kafir. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about it in the Qur'an. He uses the term kufr for the one who does not acknowledge the gifts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not enough to just say, I thank you, O Allah, by tongue. Yes, that is part and parcel of it. But what is much more important is that we utter the words and over and above that we practice upon what Allah wants us to practice upon. And obviously, not all of us can become popes overnight, so to speak. Not all of us can become so pious and holy overnight. But each one of us needs to ask ourselves, Am I heading in the right direction at least? Am I moving on the right path? I might be five steps up the ladder, which has a hundred steps on it. If I've moved to six by the end of Ramadan, I've achieved a lot. If I've moved to seven and ten and forty and fifty, I've achieved a large amount. May Allah grant that to us. But if I've gone down the ladder and back to the ground, then we have lost. May Allah not make us from amongst those. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of the hypocrites. And he speaks of those whom with their tongues they utter the words that, you know, we believe, we are there, we are mu'mineen. But inside they are not believers. And sometimes people utter by tongue, but they do not practice. So there are two types of that nifaq. Nifaq i'tiqadi and nifaq amali. That nifaq where a person is not a Muslim, but he pretends or she pretends that he or she is a Muslim. That inshallah we ask Allah to protect us from that. That is very dangerous. But the type where we all tend to fall is we say we are mu'mineen. But when the law and the command of Allah comes to us, we then think we have a choice in that regard. No, Salah, I'll see about it. I'm not yet ready to read it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from those type of statements. We should acknowledge what's right and wrong. If we are weak, we can tell Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Ya Allah, I acknowledge that what I'm doing is not right. 
But at the same time, Ya Allah, make me strong so that I can continue. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant that to us. So Allah says, وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَمَا هُمْ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ يُخَادِعُونَ اللَّهَ وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَمَا يَخْدَعُونَ إِلَّا أَنفُسَهُمْ وَمَا يَشْعُونَ There are some people who utter the words, we believe in Allah, we believe in the last day, but yet they do not believe. They feel that they are cheating Allah, and they are cheating the believers, but they are cheating none other than themselves. May Allah protect us. So we must realize we need to choose. Are we believers? Are we kuffar? Or are we in between? The hypocrites. And in fact Allah says in another place in the Quran regarding the hypocrites, The hypocrites are in the lowest of the fire. And we all know the fire, the hottest, is at the lowest point. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from the fire. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about such people and He says, do you know what they have done? They have bought misguidance and paid for it guidance. They have bought, and Allah says it again in another place in the same surah and we read the verses tonight. There are people who have purchased the pleasures of this dunya and paid for it as a payment, the whole of the akhirah. May Allah not do that to us. Let me give you one example to bring it closer to our brains and minds. If a person has a house in Cape Town here, and he happens to be walking from say, Strand or somewhere, and he is walking on a hot, hot day, no one's giving him a lift. How long is it if you walk? One or two hours? Possibly three or four hours. But if you were to move by motor vehicle, it would be half an hour. So you are asking for a lift. And no one is there to give you a lift. One man stops. It's very, very hot. You don't have food. You don't have anything. And one man says, I will give you a lift, but sign me your title deeds for your house in Cape Town. One would be foolish to sign his house. You'd say, I'd rather walk. Why? Because you know that I am making a payment far more expensive, far more valuable than what I am getting in return. What we do, every day we signing the title deeds of our houses in Cape Town. But we don't realize we are doing it. How do we do it? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept the akhirah, which is large and massive and we cannot describe it, we don't, we cannot speak about its value. But every day we commit haram, we do that which is, displeases Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by doing that we signing away the rooms that Allah is preparing for us in the akhirah. Just like the other example I've given, think about it tonight. May we not be from amongst those. When it comes to walking and signing a house of the dunya, it's very simple to comprehend. But when it comes to the akhirah, we need to think and think a lot. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, people who have hard hearts, people who are munafiqeen, people who are hypocrites, Allah says, They are deaf. Deaf to what? Deaf to anything that is good. Anything that is bad, they are all ears. You tell them something bad, they will listen to you. They are deaf, they are dumb. Dumb for what? They will not utter anything good. They can speak, but only bad. And they are blinded. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they do not see a thing that is good. They can only see bad. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. When we see haram, when we see the nightclubs, when we see places where there are women who are dressed in a haram way, our eyes turn very fast. But when we see the masjid, how many of us are guilty of not allowing our eyes to turn there and reading the dua. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the acceptance to enter the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to achieve the coolness of our eyes the minute we see a minara and a mi'dana, one of these long towers that we all know, the minara. The minute we see it, our eyes should be cooled. Then inshallah, we will be from amongst those who will be successful in the dunya and the akhirah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you are in doubt with the authenticity of this particular book, come forth with one surah. Let's see. The kuffar tried it and we all know that they failed dismally. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So there again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking of the authenticity of that particular book or the Quran. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you are unable to do that, then be careful and be warned of a grievous punishment فَإِن لَمْ تَفْعَلُوا وَلَن تَفْعَلُوا فَاتَّقُوا النَّارَ الَّتِي وَقُودُهَا النَّاسُ وَالْحِجَارَةِ If you are not going to do that, if you are incapable of coming with a verse or with a surah of the Qur'an similar to it, and you will never be able to do that, then Allah says, be conscious of the fire. Why be conscious of the fire? The fuel of that fire shall be rocks, and mankind. Imagine rock. If you try to burn a rock, you won't be able to do that unless there is a furnace which is burning at a very, very high temperature. May Allah protect us. But now when everyone hears about the fire, one of the secrets of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that immediately after that, He speaks about His mercy. He says, وَبَشِّرِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ أَنَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتِ give glad tidings to those who believe and do good deeds. They will not be from amongst those who, have, who will be burning in the fire. They will be from amongst those who will be in cool gardens. Those gardens will have whatever their eyes would like, whatever their hearts would like, their minds would like. May Allah make us all from amongst them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala thereafter speaks of our enemy. The enemy who makes us go astray. Shaitan and Iblis. Allah speaks of the history of it. And I'm sure we are all aware of that history. We all know how Adam alayhi salatu wasalam was tricked into eating from a certain fruit. May Allah protect us all. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this in the opening surahs. Why? Because He wants us to know from the very beginning that look there is an enemy. Don't ever please that enemy of yours. Don't worship the enemy. Isn't it Iblis? Alayhi la'natullah. Promised Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Ya Allah, I am definitely going to lead all these people astray and I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you that they will worship me and not you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, anyone who follows you from amongst them will also have the same fate as you. They will all be cast in hellfire. Allah says, except those who turn to me. So we need to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One of the secrets, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, oh my worshippers, don't ever lose hope in my mercy no matter what you have done. That means anyone who loses hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has automatically worshipped shaitan. Because shaitan is the one who makes us lose hope in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the month of the turning to Allah. May Allah grant it to me and you. May Allah soften our hearts. Remember the month is still long ahead. But before we know it, we will be in our closing session if Allah gives us the life to see that. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make that easy for us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after that speaks about Banu Israel. Banu Israel, the children of Ya'qub alayhi salatu wasalam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes mention of them. Why? Because they were given so many gifts from Allah, but they were, a lot of them were ungrateful. And Allah speaks about what the outcome was after their ungratefulness. And Allah mentions that because He doesn't want us to be like that. You know, Allah speaks about when Musa alayhi salatu wasalam told them to slaughter a cow. They should have just listened and they, they know the Nabi was there and the Nabi told them, slaughter the cow. What would happen if Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam stood in front of us today and said, everyone stop eating interest? What would we do? Would we be like Banu Israel arguing with that Nabi, Musa alayhi salatu wasalam, no, it can't be haram. There must be something wrong with it. Man. It can't. Today it's something else. It's, it's unavoidable. We can't do that. That is what Banu Israel did and they were cursed as a result. They told Musa alayhi salam, what type of a cow? Come on, there's lots and lots of cows. And so on. And they went on and on. And the story is there in Surah Al-Baqarah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, for that reason, their hearts became hard. Because they argued with those who came with the correct information to them, with the commands of their creator to them. Let us all ask ourselves, do we debate and argue with those who come to us with the truth, with the haq? If we debate and argue with those who come to us with haq, then surely wouldn't we then fall into the bracket of those who debated with the Anbiya alayhimu salatu wasalam? So let's not do that. If we are weak, we can say, look, I'm weak, I'm, I'm not yet capable, or I don't yet have the strength, but I know I'm wrong. Admit it, but don't argue. And don't justify evil that I am engaged in or you are engaged in. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard all of us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the dua of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. And it's very important that we realize that Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, he worshipped Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah tested him subhanahu wa ta'ala so much. And after he completed building the Kaaba, he raised his hands. And the duas are mentioned, we read them tonight. He says, Rabbana taqabbal minna, O oh Allah, accept it from us. So every time we engage in an act of worship, ask Allah's acceptance because sometimes Shaitan creeps in and he makes us want to do something to show off. May Allah protect us all. Sometimes Shaitan creeps in and he makes us feel that we are better than everybody else. We better watch that. So because of that, we need to do things for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and over and above that, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept it. Then he says, Oh Allah, not only me, but what about my offspring? رَبَّنَا وَجَعَلْنَا مُسْلِمَيْنِ لَكَ Oh Allah, make myself and Ismail alayhi salam my son, make us submitters unto you, but not just us. وَمِن ذُرِّيَّتِنَا أُمَّةً مُسْلِمَةً لَكَ Ya Allah, from my offspring, my progeny, keep a complete nation, submitters unto you at all times. Allah answered that dua and Allah says, Ya Ibrahim, every Nabi that will come after you shall definitely be from your progeny. And that's what happened. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us long-sighted. Don't only make dua for yourself and your own children. Ya Allah, seven generations, ten generations, twenty generations down, Ya Allah, keep our progeny on deen, Ya Allah, to the degree that when Isa alayhi salatu wasalam comes, let members of our families be from amongst those who will fight together with him against the Dajjal. Have our minds ever gone as far as that? If not, here is the dua of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam, which is really, really, very deep. May Allah grant us also 
foresight. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about magic. And Allah speaks about Sulaiman alayhi salatu wasalam. One verse. وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانُ وَلَكِنَّ الشَّيَاطِينَ كَفَرُوا يُعَلِّمُونَ النَّاسَ السِّحْرِ Sulaiman alayhi salatu wasalam did not become a disbeliever. Because he didn't teach people magic. And he didn't bewitch people. But the shaitan disbelieved by teaching people sihr and magic. This is the verse which takes a person who's engaging in witchcraft and a person who teaches it and learns it, it takes them out of the fold of Islam. May Allah safeguard us. But worse than that is to accuse innocent women of being witches. That is worse. And innocent men of, being, of engaging in that particular act which we have absolutely nothing to substantiate. That is even worse. Zina is a crime. But worse than zina is to accuse innocent people of that act. May Allah grant us the ability to zip our mouths and rather make dua than to accuse innocent people because we suddenly and automatically become even worse than them. And finally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in fact two issues. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the fact that He is going to test every single one of us. I need to die or those closest to me need to die before me. One of us somewhere somehow needs to die. Allah is going to test us with the death with the death of those who are closest to us. And Allah will test us with hunger. Allah will test us with lack of the sense of security. Allah will test us with drought and so on. He promises and he guarantees not because he wants to punish us, but because he wants to see do these people pass the tests or not? Do they realize that I am the one in control? Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was the best of creation. He was the highest of all. He knew that. And all other creation is supposed to know that as well. But he suffered so much that he sucked the roots of trees in order to quench his thirst. At times, Allah tested him with that thirst. Solely because Allah wanted his level to be even higher and higher. And that we as his ummah who followed him later on could learn lessons from that. We will never ever get to that stage. May Allah grant us the understanding. He was the most beloved. So he was tested more than I can ever be tested. And more than you can ever be tested. So we need to know. How will we pass these tests? Allah says, Ya Two things, O you who believe. Seek assistance through patience, forbearance, and through salah. Salah is the founding pillar of deen. And inshallah, in the next few days, when the verses, when more verses are repeated about salah, we will enter some of the issues regarding salah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caps by telling us about halal and haram. Be careful. Watch out what you eat. Watch what goes into your mouth. Watch your earnings. Make sure they are halal. Do you know that if I put in a morsel of haram in my mouth, whether it is haram because it has not been slaughtered properly, or whether it is haram because it was earned through haram means, the first thing that curses me, my teeth, then my tongue, then my throat, then the esophagus going down, the small colon, the big colon, right to the back, until it comes out, everything is cursing me. Why did you put this haram in me? It's filthy. It's bad. I don't want it. But every single one of us cannot feel that. We don't realize it. But it contaminates all our organs. And they all 
curse us to the degree that they will bear witness against us on the day of Qiyamah. We don't want that to happen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks through Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam telling us that that portion of flesh which has been built or which has been made through haram will never ever enter Jannah. An-naru awla bih. Because it needs to go into the fire to be burnt out. Only pure things can enter Jannah. For that reason, it is of utmost importance. We rather lose money and rands and property and what have you, than to even have a little bit of haram in our income. May Allah forgive us all. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the full benefit of the month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept us all. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala Muhammad.